Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, we're going to talk about all your feedback about Civil War. No news, no new content, no thinking, just reaction. Yeah, just pure, unadulterated, Tony Stark-style reaction. <laughs> He's a reactive man. It's true. Poor boy. I mean, he has an arc reactor. Ha! <laughs> Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matt Carroll. And I am Jeff Randall. We're here to discuss, in all spoilery detail... You, and how you thought. Civil War, and what you thought of it. Uh, there's some spoilery, some non-spoilery, but it's all feedback, and this is an all-feedback episode. I don't know if we've ever done an all-feedback episode, have we? Uh, we've tried. I mean, yeah, we're, I mean, we're going to have discussion as well. We try. I don't know that, can we just read it? We just yeah, read just, it and don't even react. Just read. Just read like the ten pages of feedback that we have. That's right, folks. We've got a lot. Buckle in. And it's all relevant to Civil War. It's all Civil War. Mm. Uh, you, you, I think we did this for Age of Ultron too. Did we? Just had a oh, you're right. You're right. Episode. I think I think you're right. That's cool. Yeah, let's do this again. Uh, Civil War feedback starting in three, two, one. What's our first feedback say? Joe Sanders says to us on Facebook: Spider Man was spectacular. Ant Man was astonishing. I see what you did there. Wink, wink. But Iron Man really, really steals the show. I agree with uh, with Joe. We just did our um, recording of our full giant size team up network. Uh, Civil War cast and roundtable discussion. One of the questions that was asked to us is who was our favorite character, and mine was Tony. I'm not on Tony's side necessarily, although I'm not not on his side. I still haven't made a decision. Ooh. I've seen the movie and I still haven't made a decision. I'm I don't know who's Cap. side I'm in. <sighs> I'm Team Cap all the way, and Ant Man was my favorite character. Just he was so fun. The thing is, I'm Team Cap as long as you're Captain America. Like I'm all about. Captain America had to have all the freedom he wants, but I really want Tony under the Sokovia Accords. That's <laughs> fair. You know That's what I mean? Because Tony, you know what? The the way that he says it's like, we need to be put in check. It's like, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa. How many times has Captain America made a killer robot that's tried to destroy the world? <laughs> killer robots made. Zero. Tony Stark, <laughs> one. And I mean, you, you may think that that may not be a huge disparity in numbers. However, that's the exact same number of Congressional Medals of Honor that Rhodey mentions that, uh, that Ross has. <laughs> I would love that response. He has one Congressional Medal of Honor. Well, how many evil robots have you made? <laughs> right. I like that no one really, like, to his face blames him for Ultron. But he does take blame for it. Oh, he, he does. He does. But I kind of want like, a little bit of, like... He says out loud. He's like, then Ultron, my They fault. get mad at him in the movie. In, in Age of Ultron. Yeah, his, his like, throwaway, my fault. <laughs> my bad, guys. Yep. My bad. Oh, gosh. So there's so many good things that could be said about the movie. Now we uh, we did have uh, some feedback that we talked about, like holding on to a while back, that fits right in with this, this current discussion. Uh, Svante Hoagley uh, said on Facebook, a "Question for the podcast: Who was your favorite hero of the movie?" Ooh, favorite hero, because that's the different question to me than than favorite character. My favorite character, I, I didn't even finish saying, was Tony Stark. Oh, Tony, because Robert Downey Jr. killed it. Yeah, Everyone's yeah. good in this movie, but Robert Downey Jr. elevates every scene he's in to like a different kind of movie. It's so good. Uh, but favorite <laughs> hero, because he's, I don't really think of him as a hero he's in this movie. He's an antagonist. He he's is still a hero. He's still trying to do the right thing for the world. Yeah, but that's what everybody says. Yeah. 
In this movie, yeah. he's kind of well. See, the, the thing is, though, if they hadn't, if they had listened to Tony and not Cap this whole thing, they would have never gone out to the middle of a uh, crap. I keep forgetting the country, Siberia, Siberia, and the then they, they would have never, they would have never had that fight. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, Tony was actually kind of right. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. The only the only reason they they went out there is because Cap went out there against the Sokovia Accords. Yeah. So it's kind of weird, kind of weird to think about that. Even though he won, he beat Tony. Kind of. I don't know. It's all it's all it's all it's all a mess. There's just such a weird movie, such a weird comic book movie. There's no clear villain. There's no clear fi- like. The final battle is not resolved in a weird yeah, way. The, the ultimate, di- the ultimate dissension between them is not fully resolved. Yeah, and that just leaves us open for getting the Secret Avengers. And by the way, I have so much every movie. On that. Every movie in Phase Two had a loss of an arm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So did this movie. Yeah. I was thinking about that. I was like, are they just going to do every? I realized Phase 2 was the Empire Strikes Back, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But are they going to just do an Empire Strikes Back forever? Like, this, this the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe? Well, that one made sense. The the arm loss in this one made a oh, whole sure. lot of sense. Sure. Especially, uh, there was some speculation earlier on, earlier, uh, on the Giant Size Team-Up cast that he might get an Animanium. Not Animanium? Gosh. Vibranium? Uh, vibranium arm because he's in Wakanda. Yeah, that would be real crazy. That'd be real baller. That'd be awesome. There you go again with my word. Stop it. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, my favorite my favorite hero was definitely Ant-Man. Just, even though he only had like 15, 20 minutes of screen time, maybe, like time that he was in the movie, everything that he did was just so perfect to his character and like just a perfect continuation of Ant-Man. You know that he's been doing stuff off screen because he talked about like, um, you know, I did this in the lab and I passed out. <laughs> right. But like him giving uh, giving Cap the uh, the truck and then saying, throw it at this and then like hurling the disc and like when he showed it, I was like, I know what that's gonna do. Yeah. And then you know it did it obviously, but like the whole like team up thing of like him throwing the truck and and it not being a um, water truck, not being a water truck. Like when he said, I thought it was a water truck, but like it not being just a solo him throwing two things, but like him teaming up with Cap because he knows that Cap can make that kind of shot. Uh, the only other person that would have been able to do that is like Hawkeye, right? So he's saying like throw it at this, and like when he uh, there was that awesome bit, him uh, grabbing or taking the shield back from Spider Man because he was hiding on it, and like kicking Spider Man out of nowhere, running the shield back over to him. I believe this is yours, Captain America. Like, <laughs> so good. <laughs> the way that he delivers the line is perfect. And then when he's breaking Tony's suit down, he's like, "Oh man, you're gonna have to take this into the shop." Uh, and then Tony's like, who is speaking? Who is speaking? It's your conscience. I know we don't talk much these we days. We haven't talked much these days. That's, that was great. <laughs> Just everything that he did was so great. And when he became Giant Man, you could feel the excitement that he had. Because he like he got big and you could see his eyes get really wide. And he was, oh! And then <laughs> Iron Man's like, give me back my roadie. Like just very confused, but like 
what do we do about this? We got to stop him. Mm-hmm. Just everything about Ant-Man was amazing in this film. Yeah, I did like Ant-Man a lot. I could gush on and on about everybody, though, because it was just so good. You know, everybody got their own arc. This is not us talking about the, the film. We need to get to feedback. Right. We get a lot of feedback. Holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Spotty Hoagley, the, I think this was the other part of it, is I was extremely worried about this movie because of the huge ensemble of heroes. I did not like Avengers too much. Holy fuckeroli did Civil War <laughs> blow my panties off. I would rate it on par, if not above Guardians. Cap is great. Spidey is great. Black Panther is great. Iron Man is great. But Ant-Man is the one who steals the show, in my opinion. They managed to develop all the characters and show huge action scenes in two and a half hours, all done while maintaining a cohesive story, unlike some other recent superhero movies. Looking at you, Batman versus Superman. (laughs) And then the question, who was your favorite hero of the movie? Oh, (sighs) weird. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, sorry. I somehow copied that twice i guess or half of it once um yeah i agree with him completely wonderful 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 ferdy acosta says to us after watching captain america civil war it is my opinion that the secret avengers may have formed what are your thoughts and opinions great podcast every week daisy is still annoying i definitely agree i think that uh daisy is real annoying right now. <laughs> <laughs> i definitely think that uh, we have a secret avengers situation happening which is awesome, but I don't know that we're going to have time to explore it. Yeah, uh, it's. I mean, it with, depends on how much more they do of this like crazy team up movies. With Thanos being on the way, yeah, Secret Avengers has to come out like right now, or like has to has to come out of of being secret. Yeah, we've got two years. We've got six movies between now, six movies counting this one, five movies between now and Infinity War. Yeah. So five movies to go before Infinity War happens. One of which is Doctor Strange's solo film. One of which is uh, Thor's solo film. Yeah, it's going to be Thor and Hulk doing their thing. One of which is Black Panther. One of, yeah. And one of which is Guardians. Yeah, Guardians is not going to involve any Earthlings. And one of which is Spider-Man. Spider-Man could have more development of the story. But other than that, I it can't have imagine in it. Tony Stark is going to be in absolutely Iron, Iron Man's there, so, but I don't know that we'll get. I don't know, I don't know that we'll get more of the story, or if it's just going to. Sh- sh- I mean, maybe Infinity War starts with this rift still going on, and we have you know Captain America. I just feel like there's been a divorce. Like the, they really have like ripped. <laughs> they've ripped the Avengers in half. Yeah, and it really is half of them is over here doing this, and half of them over there, and we don't know where Black Widow's going to fall because she just disappears. Does she? Yeah. She, the last we see of her is her saying, I'm not the one that needs to watch my back. Right. And then but, walks out. But she doesn't necessarily disappear. Like, we don't know what happened. He says, General Ross, I told General Ross what you did. He's, he'll, he'll probably be here to pick you up soon or something. Like, that was crazy. Yeah, he'll be coming for you soon. Yeah, and I'm not, the one, I'm not the one that needs to watch my back. Ooh, shots fired. Boom. <laughs> now... I've got some crazy speculation. What's your crazy speculation? It, it's 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 real intense. All right, I'm ready for it. I'm I'm preparing mentally prepared. Okay, so we know now that Spider-Man and all of his characters are part of the of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Right. Thanos is coming to Earth, kind of in an invasion kind of way, maybe. Okay. Now, if after this is all hinging on what happens with. Uh, Thor Ragnarok. 
let's say the events of Thor Ragnarok end up with Thor having to save Asgard by taking it out of its current location and moving it to the outside of Broxton, Oklahoma. That one little town that was mentioned in Agent Carter, mm-hmm. season two. Um, Whitney Frost's birthplace. Right. Her hometown or whatever. Um, so that happens. You know, that happens in the comics. It's whatever. It's not that big a deal. Might be seen as a threat to some. However, what if when Thanos comes to town and the Avengers fight him, what if Norman Osborn shows up and acts like he gets the last hit and proclaims himself to be the best thing ever and Tony gets blamed and Norman Osborn gets put in charge of the government-run Avengers, which are still now a thing. Right. And then turns and like everybody else out and brings in all the villains to be in the Avengers. Then we get Dark Avengers. Yeah. And we can have Secret Avengers. With... With the possibility That's a of great Asgard being on Earth, we could then get Siege. That's a great point. Infinity War does not have to resolve this issue. Yeah. We feel like it's going to because we know that they're going to need everybody to take on Thanos. But they could that rift could continue uh, on past, um, on past, and we could get Secret Avengers versus Dark Avengers as like an entire phase. I mean, we could have yeah. an entire phase of we this We could have thing. an entire phase of the Dark Avengers happening. Yeah. Yeah. That would be awesome. Yes, it would. Be because cool. the Avengers team, like the Secret Avengers, was led by uh, whatever the Dark Avengers were around. Uh, one of them, one of the teams was led by Luke Cage. Oh, fun. So that possibility exists because Luke Cage is in the shared universe. Oh, yeah? Oh, my God. Man, Phase 4 could be just ridiculous. Yeah. <sighs> and then, you know, they, they, what, what about Galactus? If they if they bring back in the Fantastic Four, yeah, I think they might. I'm it's, gonna watch the new Fantastic Four movie this. It's week. on HBO Go. Or HBO I know it's on now. HBO now, and it popped up, and I was like, oh, now I'm gonna have to watch it. It's I'm paying for it currently anyway. Yeah, like I've already gonna paid for the movie. I guess. Okay, um, let's see. Next up, next up. After I've done my uh, my wild speculation that I really like the idea of, I want feedback on that. <laughs> <laughs> Just. Back me on that, guys. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Chris Lang said to us, I just can't believe I watched Spider-Man fight giant Paul Rudd. <laughs> As Kevin Smith says, this is the world we live in, and the commercial should quote me on that for a review tag. I just can't believe I watched Spider-Man fight giant Paul Rudd. Dash Chris Lang. <laughs> I, lo- I love that he's saying giant Paul Rudd and not just giant man or whatever. Like It is particularly <laughs> funny that it's a giant Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd... To me, doesn't really fit in this universe, but I like it. He like he has his own sensibility. Yeah, it's like he's in a different movie. He's a plucky ex-con. Yeah, it's it's so Scott Lang. It's perfect. Yeah, I like it a lot. He's just so great. It's astonishing how great he is. <laughs> Tales to astonish. <laughs> so Thomas Brendan said to us, "Thomas Brendan's our man in the field in New York, right?" Uh, yes. Thomas Brennan said to us on Facebook, my first quick thoughts leaving the theater from Civil War was how moving Agent Peggy Carter's death was to me. Made me think that they can't just end her show after two seasons. Yes, this last season was not that great, but she is too important of a character to just end and not have her at least help form S.H.I.E.L.D. Hoping other fans feel the same way and contact Marvel. The other thing that hit me right away was Marvel's villain problem continues. I know this movie was not about the villains, but about heroes fighting each other. But what was the point of recreating Zemo when he could have just been any ex-soldier looking for revenge? 
And then, a little follow-up message. After listening to your podcast about Civil War, I am taking back my Zemo comments. <laughs> oh, cool. We win! <laughs> Yay. Uh, well, I was going to answer your Zemo comments, but uh, never mind. Already did. Uh, yeah, I, I think that uh, I'm looking forward to who Zemo will become. Yeah. There's so much setup for him because we have a villain that didn't die. Finally. We have a, a, a villain schemy that villain die. that didn't die. We have one other... Uh, the thing about... Abominations also floating around the universe somewhere. Yeah, but in an ice cube because he's in the fridge. I love. Um, We're Stearns. What is the bubbly key. noggin? Right, right. I love the character um, he is before he becomes the Abomination. Blonsky. I love Blonsky. Love him. He's one of my favorite villains because I love that actor. Yeah. But. Once he becomes abomination, he's no longer that actor, and like, yeah. and, I do, and he's not like the Hulk. He doesn't transition back and forth. So yeah, he's just stuck. If he would transition back and forth like the Hulk, I would totally want Blonsky back because I just want that actor back in the universe. I really love him. Yeah, he's great. Um, but yeah, I, I think Zemo is is gonna uh, gonna go cool places. But his 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 comments on Peg, Peggy Carter, Peggy Carter's funeral made me cry. Yeah, it did. Like and seeing Cap, it was carrying, so soon in the movie. Like the way the way that you see Cap's face, where he's just completely broken, yeah, and just he, you can tell he's been weeping so hard when he's care like when he's the pallbearer there. Like you knew exactly what was going on. Yeah, Ugh. <laughs> hurt. I felt we I felt weird about him getting with Sharon. It was a little odd. It seemed it seemed rushed because there wasn't that much interaction between them in um, Winter, in the Soldier. Winter Soldier. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, he was he was asking her out on a date. Like yeah. there was like there was something there before he found out she was lying or <laughs> doing her job. Yeah, they were. I mean, they were a little bit flirty, and he was asking her out, but like nothing came of that. And then Shield fell, and. Like there wasn't any kind of a, there wasn't any on-screen resolution of like, well, she is not, you know, she's not Hydra, obviously. Yeah, we we knew she wasn't Hydra. We did, but but he didn't. He didn't. We, yeah. we, I mean, obviously they've seen each other since then. Yeah, and there's been some off-screen time. I like how they've done that in this world. They like like to build that off-screen. Um, they did it with uh, Natasha and Bruce. In, a, in 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 Age of Ultron, <laughs> in this they just kind of pick up and Sharon and him have obviously built the relationship a little more. So when they kiss, it doesn't feel doesn't feel uh, out of place or anything. Well, except for the whole he used to date her aunt thing. Yeah, but did they date? No, technically. Did they ever kiss? Yes, they she did kissed kiss. him in the car. That's right, right before he t- jumps off. Yeah, and then Tommy Lee Jones says, "I'm not kissing you." <laughs> oh Tommy. Yeah. He would do something like that. <laughs> anyway. So let's move on. Uh Brian Keegan says to us on Facebook, Civil War spoilers don't read if you haven't seen it. Luckily we have. Three mm-hmm. times. Um Okay, just got back from the theater. My first impression is that I like it a lot. I am definitely going to see it a second time. Exclamation mark. The effects, the comedy. Black Panther was amazing. I'm so psyched for this move or for his movie and his ability to forgive shows you that he has a larger heart than that buckethead Tony Stark. <laughs> I, I kind of feel like the Avengers fight enough mind controlling villains as to where Tony should understand that Bucky isn't to blame for killing his parents, though I completely understand him freaking out in the moment. 
That being said, I listened to you guys enough to know that in 1991, Tony's parents died in a car accident. And when I saw Bucky take out a car from New York in 1991, I knew from the first montage that it was Tony's parents. My mind was blown. I figured it out at the uh, beginning of the movie, and I was underwhelmed at the end because of it. I bet my thoughts change on my second viewing. Things I took away from it? Black Panther was really amazing. Ant-Man slash Giant-Man was great, and I like Spider-Man. And lastly, Tony Stark has lost everything by the end of this movie. How is Iron Man going to cope? Anyway, I'm eager to hear what everyone else thought. That is a lot of great points. Um, I'm, I'm impressed that he called the the uh the car crash you did too oh man i nailed it <laughs> it didn't uh i i knew it before they showed it i think i figured it out at some point in the movie uh but it didn't ruin it for me to know just because i don't know it wasn't so much that the winter soldier had killed his parents it was that because we kind of knew that from a previous movie um it was that he had uh he it was that tony now knew yeah. Like that's what was so impactful about that final scene. Yeah, yeah. really cool. When uh, when they were doing that, I uh, when I was sitting in the theater, I, I gasped when I saw the date on the screen show up. Right, because I knew what they were going for. I knew that Tony was going to see it. I knew that that was going to like create a rift there. And I gasped, and like my my friend next to me just kind of put his hand on my shoulder and was like, "It's okay." And then like a few moments later, whenever Tony was like. I know that road. He went, oh, and I was like, you just got it too. <laughs> and it, yeah, he confirmed later, like it did take him a little bit. He didn't quite know why I was gasping, but he, he wanted to comfort me. <laughs> and then when he saw it, he was just like, oh God, you're right. You're right to be shocked and surprised. And, yeah. and, oh, it's horrible. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, so Margo Margo said to us on Facebook, Civil War feedback with spoilers. Watch movie. Really? Go now. Then read. Three, two, <laughs> one. Tony Stank? A package for Mr. Stank? This movie was amazing. Well done on Spider-Man. Love the whole thing. The only thing that bothered me throughout the scenes with Vision was that I kept wondering if the normal clothes he was wearing were real or projections Vision created. I mean, he did phase through the wall with the clothes on, but in later scenes, it looks like he would have bought the clothes during a shopping trip with Wanda. I can't wait to see what they do with <laughs> Spider-Man Homecoming. I like the dynamic between Peter and Aunt May. I hope the cameo with Tony Stark and Spider-Man Homecoming is just Tony picking up and bringing home Aunt May to, to and from their dates. <laughs> Leaving Peter to have awkward conversations with Tony throughout the whole movie. There's so much more to comment on, but I'll leave that for another time. Going to see the movie again this weekend. Yeah. She's an elf. Oh, yeah. An aunt I'd like to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get it. I mean, it's Marissa Tomei. She's a cutie. Yeah. I remember when they cast her. We were so upset. We were like, she's so young. She like, looks too young. She can't be Aunt May. We can't be to the age now that we're attracted to Aunt May. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not fair. <laughs> <laughs> like, how old am I? How old am I now? <laughs> how is this okay? Oh, that. That is how it's okay. I, 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 I thought a lot about, too, and it's so silly that it, it occupied this much of my mind space, but I thought a lot about Vision's clothes and uh, <laughs> when he faced the things. I I'm assuming they are real clothes, and that he has the ability to phase through, phase other objects as well as himself through uh, through solid other solid objects. Yeah, yeah, that that just that tends to make sense. But there's also the fact that like when he saw, 
um, when he saw Thor in his look in Age of Ultron, he just kind of materialized bracers and a cape for himself. So what's to say he couldn't That's do like true. normal clothes after seeing them? That's true. I love that. I love that he did that. <laughs> it's yep. so neat. He's like, I like that look. I want to do that. <laughs> I love that he's just like learning how to be a person. From Thor. From from everyone. Like he's just slowly like picking up things. I don't know. It's yep. great. Yep. And oh, just he looked so weird in normal clothes. Yeah. He just looked so uncomfortable. Robot wearing clothes is just a weird thing. It's super <laughs> funny. He's a synthesoid. Sorry. Sorry. But yeah, non-human wearing, like, very obviously non-human, like, pink skin, yeah. like, yeah. everything is weird about him. Wearing normal person clothes. Like, he is... Dark colors. I really liked him in this movie. I really liked him a lot. I liked everybody. Me too. The Vision especially. Yeah. Anyway, okay, let's move on. Uh, Brian Bilsma said to us on Facebook, small Civil War spoiler, can someone explain to me how Sharon is Peggy Carter's niece? We know that Peggy, uh, Peggy's brother died when she was pretty young, so who else could Sharon's parents be? Yeah, it could be on Peggy's husband's side of the family, but then Sharon's last name wouldn't be Carter. He could have had a kid at home uh, during the war, but that would mean he was from the 40s. She has to be a great aunt. There's yeah. no way... There's, we've we've discussed this before. Yeah, we talked about it on uh, the Agent Carter cast. Yeah, there's no way that Sharon Carter is her like direct aunt because the age is so wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so so obviously Peggy had to have some sort of sibling that had a child. Her brother may have had a child. He may have had a wife and child at home when he died in the war. That's a possibility. Uh, or she had a younger brother. Or sister. Yeah, younger brother or sister, like, much younger after the fact. But even then, like, you can get almost 20 years difference between children, but even then, that means she'd have to be born in the 60s, which would mean she's, like, about 60 now. That's not how old Sharon Carter is, or 50 now, 55. Yeah, Sharon Carter looks very much, like, 30 at most. Yeah, I just... I mean, you could even maybe go in late thirties, but like, man, not, not you. She's not fifty. <laughs> I mean, RDJ is fifty. So I think there's got to be a uh, Ooh, a link, I... a link that we're missing. I think that she's got to be a uh, a great aunt. I nailed it. Emily Van Camp is twenty nine. Nice. Oh man, good job, me calling ladies' ages. That's hard to do. That is hard to do. <laughs> so yeah, she's. Real young. So, what, uh, 80s, late 80s? Peggy was uh, a bit aged at that point. Her parents were very obviously dead. Yeah. Because in, what, 89, we saw at the beginning of Ant-Man, we saw uh, John Slattery, Howard Stark, Mm -hmm. and uh, very aged Haley Atwell, Peggy Carter. Yes. So... Around that time frame, it's unlikely that she... Well, I mean, she could have had a very much younger brother. I mean, not that much younger. Not that much younger, though. I don't know. There's too many many generations between the 40s and the 2017s. Well, I mean, they're they're drawing Sharon Carter from... Like, Sharon Carter from the comics was Peggy Carter's niece. And, like, comic book characters have this weird agelessness to them. Right, right, sure. the, The origin stories of these comics are, like decades old so and a lot of times they get retold and 
like, yeah. told different ways. It's, it's it's just it's weird to have. Um, so like Captain America came in in the forties. He's fighting the Nazis. Like that is his story. That's very much anchored in a certain point in time in history. Mm-hmm. But if you're bringing him to present day, present day is getting much much or like getting farther and farther away in time. Yeah, from the forties. So like. There's more explaining that has to be done for that sort of yeah. time frame. I mean, there just it, it there just has to be a link in the in the chain that we're missing. Like she has to be a great aunt, or hear me out. Sharon Carter is a Winter Soldier. <laughs> no, I thought about that. Uh, okay, so since it didn't happen in this movie, let's go ahead and talk about the comic spoiler. In the comics, doesn't Sharon Carter shoot Captain yeah. America? That's yep. the comic spoiler. Yep, that's in the death of Captain America. She in the death of Captain America. I think she unloads a clip into his chest. Yes, when he gets tagged three times by crossbows. So knowing that was going on and seeing as much as she was in this movie, you were scared. I was a little worried she was one of the five. Oh yeah, yeah. Like or 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 one of the Winter Soldiers in general. I thought like maybe we didn't see them all or something, and she was going to show up in the final reel as one of the one of the Winter Soldiers. Yeah, I kind of. But then they just, that was a total red herring, um, which I don't think we've talked about on this cast. Or maybe we did. Uh, yeah, we did. <laughs> uh, on my second viewing, because that was when it happened, my second viewing, I just, it resonated with me so much how beautiful the red herring was of the, of the five Winter Soldiers. Like, oh, yeah. So, so beautiful. So, so beautiful. Loved it. Stephanie Will said to us on Facebook, Civil War spoiler. How did Cap know about Bucky and Tony's parents? My friends and I couldn't figure it out. Did we miss something? Yes, you did. That was in The Winter Soldier. You need to go back and watch, specifically during the part where he's back at his old base. Um, Yeah, uh, Erskine, right? Not Erskine. Zola. Zola. Dr. Zola. Um, He was back at his base... uh, the robot doctor tells him about it. Damn it. I can't remember the name of the base. Anyway. It doesn't matter. It does matter. <laughs> I'm losing nerd cred. <laughs> anyway, when he notices that the bunker um, is far out of place and they go down and it's a shield place, or it's a shield base. like SSR. It's SSR. It was shield. I'm 100% positive it was the beginning All right. of shield. I don't know. The logo was on the wall. I thought it was SSR on the wall. Nope. All right. I win. <laughs> I, not so sure. I am. <laughs> anyway, when he goes in there and uh, and he they find like the whole bunch of tape, like the one gigabyte of tape across you know that acre. <laughs> That's a tech joke for you guys. Um, when they find that and Zola comes up, he mentions how the Winter Soldier and Hydra have been kind of making pointed assassinations to kind of guide history. Guide history. And they show they show a newspaper clipping of the accident. Yeah. Specifically Howard Stark and wife dying in car accident. Um, <clears throat> your next part, Stephanie. Uh, other than that, absolutely stellar movie. Ant-Man and Spider-Man absolutely stole the show for me. Sam and Bucky and the Bug was also a high point. Um, I also found it interesting that they basically edited Spidey out of the airport scene for all of the promo stuff. Black Panther was also a great addition. Can't wait for his solo outing now. And you know, that's a good thing. That's that's a, a good thing that they have done with that character 
especially or well the the characters that were introduced in this movie spider-man and black panther like they made those characters so good and this wasn't even their movie yeah they made them so good that you want to see their solo film absolutely thinking about her question she had about the how did cap know about tony's parents that is such a subtle thing that you have to have really watched uh winter soldier a couple of times to get and it's so or funny recently it's so funny that like they I don't did. they they don't hold your hand through that at all yeah they're just like they expect you to have rewatched everything like we or did. <laughs> they just expect you to be like oh i guess cap knows um, but you have to actually like to to know why he knows. You have to watch Winter Soldier. It's really neat. It's yeah. really neat. It's that shared universe, man. That, that <sighs> so good. deep, hot continuity. It's so good. This is the kind of shit I, I like. Nerd stuff that I kind of nerd stuff I live for. Like yeah. th- I'm thinking about like you know watching as as I've said over and over. Star Trek was the thing I grew up on. Yeah. And I used to love watching old episodes and being like, this ties to this because this guy said this and that. Oh, yeah, and your like, map. My little, yeah, my map of your the universe. And why why this leads to this and this leads to that and then time travel caused this to happen, which led to that. Like, whatever. Like, all the Star Trek-y stuff that I love so much. Um, and it's just neat that uh, it's getting – I feel like it's finally getting there with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. There's just so much going on. Yeah, yeah. You're going to be really mad at me. The only episode of the original series of Star Trek that I've seen was Space Seed. Oh, that's okay. Okay. I haven't seen that many. I, I, well, I think I've actually seen them all at some point, but it's been a long time since I've watched the original series. I'm not a huge original series guy. Yeah. I actually was... You grew up on TNG. Well, yes. That was my first Star Trek was okay. TNG. Uh, but I kind of... Uh, I was a high, in high school when uh, Deep Space Nine was on, uh-huh. and that mm-hmm. is by far my favorite. Okay. Okay. I see you. Deep Space Nine is my jam. That's jam. Okay, it is my jam. All right, all right, I get you. All right, so let's uh, let's go to the next one. Uh, Andrew Lendeza said to us, "Hey guys, I was looking for a great MCU podcast and stumble upon or stumbled onto yours, and gotta say, it is my new favorite thing to listen to weekly." Thank you so much, Andrew. My question for you guys is: If you watched the show Community, and if you did. What did you think of the Jim Rash, Dean Pelton cameo after this Tony Stark speech? As a fan of both Community and the MCU, I thought it was a nice little nod. Thanks, Drew. I agree, Drew. It was cool, and that was totally... I mean, if you know Jim Rash, that is kind of his... Who He acts like that anyway, uh, even <laughs> in interviews and stuff, but he was totally seemed to be playing Dean Pelton, which was pretty awesome. It's it's a, quite a... Uh, quite a promotion to go from Glendale or no Greendale. What's the, Oh gosh, what's the school called in, in community? Oh, anyway, whatever. Uh, <laughs> the community college all the way to MIT. Like that's a pretty good promotion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> pretty, pretty solid there. Solid little jump. Um, but I, I don't know if you know the connection drew between those two things though. Uh, the Russos, uh, directed the, um, pilot episode of community. And so they're kind of responsible for a community and its tone and everything. So didn't they also do showrunning a lot for it? No, uh show the showrunner was uh the the writer. Oh gosh. Dan Harmon. Ah. Um but at least except for season 4. Um <laughs> okay. That show's fun. Uh season 4 he got fired. And then in season 5 they brought him back. It's random. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of weird uh, because the fan, fans hated season four or whatever. A lot of them did. So they brought Dan Harmon back. And during uh, 
season five, they refer to season four as the year that it was a gas leak in the building. <laughs> it was causing everyone to act strangely. And so they keep, <laughs> over, over a number of episodes, they call it the gas leak year. Oh, man. <laughs> that's funny. It's real funny. Um, yeah, but that that's why uh, I think that connection is there, is because they helped create the character of Dean Pelton. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he showed up. Him showing up, it totally makes sense. They probably were partly responsible for casting him originally in Community because I think the director of the pilot is involved in the casting process. Uh, Joe Russo also directed 21 episodes of Community. Oh, wow. Anthony Russo directed 14. Okay, so they did direct a bunch of episodes. I'd heard they directed a bunch, but I heard recently they directed the pilot. Uh, which is a big deal because the yeah, pilot is that sets up everything. Sets up everything, and and also if if you direct a pilot of a television show, you make money on that show forever, which is interesting. Yeah, uh, similar to uh, how we're really excited about the Sherlock director coming on for the yeah. first two of uh, of Luke Cage. Yeah, gonna be baller. McGugan was his name. I'm just saying baller all the time now. It's mine. You really are. I'm taking it back. You can't take it back. You never had it. You only adopted the baller. I was born of it. <laughs> Dre Thompson said to us on Facebook, Civil War! Uh, five exclamation marks. I gotta talk about the newbies. In just his intro scene, I feel like I saw a better Peter Parker than I had in five films. I totally agree. Absolutely. Uh, his eagerness to impress Tony Stank, that's his name now, made me excited <laughs> to see more of it in Homecoming. Then at the airport scene, Super excited for his solo flick. Uh, Chadwick Boseman absolutely killed it as T'Challa. His delivery felt like every line had weight to it. The action scenes were spectacular. Wakanda looks amazing. Man, I could go on, but I doubt you want to record a five-hour cast. <laughs> well, <laughs> funny, funny you mentioned that. <laughs> this is, we're going on our fifth hour of recording right now because we uh, we guessed, uh, guessed it on Giant Size T- or Breaking the Panel yeah. this week. So check that out. We talked all about Civil War. Yeah, we, we guessed it on the Civil War roundtable for breaking the panel. We did our own cast this week, and now we're doing this one. Uh, the Civil War feedback. So tack on yeah. some talking. It's okay. It's cool. We uh, we love you guys. That's why we got to talk about all of this so much. Oh, we love you so much. Oh, God. <laughs> Calm down. I feel like that weird voice you're using is oh, uncomfortable. Oh, man. I feel like you're talking sexy to the audience. You know who else I love? Who's that? Joe Sanders. <laughs> okay. He said to us on Facebook, <laughs> why are people hating on Zemo? I thought he was great and had a very real human reason for ripping the Avengers apart. I just don't get how he knew Tony was going to show up in Siberia. Also, any headcanon on how Tony figured out Spidey's identity? He has had eyes on everything. Yeah. He is living in New York. He's the new Nick Fury. Maybe. Basically. I just think that he has tech everywhere, and he, he like, lives in New York. And so if he sees a uh, – if there's that going on in New York, and he can he – can, I think he has the op- opportunity to track that down pretty yeah. easily. Yeah. I mean, it should be fairly simple for him to be like, Friday, watch this guy and, you know, track all the cameras and find out where he goes, and we'll see who he is. Yeah. And, and Zemo – yeah, I'm I'm with you. Zemo people hate on Marvel villains so much. They're like it's the Marvel villain problem. They I just don't think they have a problem. I think they just decide the story they're telling and often that story is not about the villain. I think when it is, 
it's sometimes great, oh, like yeah. Loki. When um, when the when the story is about the villain, the villain flourishes. Yeah, generally. But generally, they want their heroes to flourish. Yeah, they want to make their heroes compelling, and so they tell stories about the heroes. Um, DC often tells stories about the villains, and in those. Batman or Superman kind of get swallowed up and you don't really even care about them because the focus is so much on the villains. Yeah. Now I think this movie proved you can have two different sides of a story and you can fully flesh out all of your characters. Yeah. Um, and so now it's just a matter of them doing that with a solid villain. And I, I don't, I don't know who that's, who that would be. Yeah. Well, the thing is like most of the, 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 the big guys at least, the the major characters that we have like we've got Tony we've got uh, we've got Cap like they're the two major players on either side we've got f- four movies a piece f- five for for Tony right before this just to kind of work them out and and get backstory True. and understand them that just that's what makes it so much more compelling you don't have to introduce and then also tell the story of yeah absolutely in one sitting. And uh, that, that's why I'm excited about Zemo. They yeah. left him alive. He they can left him come alive back. So that he can come back and, and be interesting like Loki was. Like Loki was not that compelling in Thor. But when he came in for the Avengers, he was incredible because we already knew his story and we knew where he was going. And then he went there and then it was awesome. Anyway, uh, yeah. Joe also said uh, it was a low blow for Cap to write Tony Stank on that FedEx package. <laughs> I expect better than that from Cap, not these childish antics. <laughs> that is my favorite interpretation of that scene. Uh, the FedEx guy didn't read it wrong. Cap wrote it that way. <laughs> <laughs> That's real funny, Joe. <laughs> um, this next piece of feedback is super long. Uh, Nadir Udin, um, a, a this uh, this is Nadir's feedback. Uh, we're we'll probably break it up a little bit because it's a it's a long one. Yeah, there are multiple points that we'll uh, we'll address individually, I guess. Yeah, uh, dear Matt and Jeff, I already like how this is starting. <laughs> <laughs> we were already mentioned. Thanks, Nadir. Formally, yeah, it dear is. Matt it's a nice and formal Jeff. letter. Yeah, I am a long time listener, but this is the first time I've provided any feedback. I enjoy all your podcasts and keep up the great work you guys are doing. Thanks, Nadir. Thank you. Like most people, I really loved Captain America Civil War. It was nearly perfect. I say nearly because there was one thing about the movie that really bothered me. Let me explain. Go ahead, sir. You have the floor. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I'm going to quit being a jerk. Okay. There were really two separate issues in the movie. One was the Sokovia Accords. Clearly Cap was on the right side of this issue, and in the end it's clear that Tony realized he had made yet another mistake. Uh, The other issue was the revelation that the Winter Soldier had killed Tony's parents. On this, I have to say that I felt that both Captain America's and Bucky's reactions and knowledge of this was rather insensitive. Tony just saw a video of his parents getting killed by the guy standing next to him. It was extremely painful and dark for me to watch that scene, let alone Tony. But instead of attempting to explain to Tony, they end up beating him to a pulp. Where was the sympathy for Tony? Um, my response to that would be, I don't think they... They didn't attack him. That's true. As soon as Tony finds out, Tony goes at them hard. Yeah. He... 
He's, he he knocks Cap away. And yeah, he then knocks Cap away. Starts into to Bucky. To Bucky, like the, it's self defense. The entire that entire scene is self defense or Bucky defense, <laughs> because Cap's more trying to protect Bucky. Uh, Tony never is really trying to hurt Cap. Yeah, he's just trying to kind of stop him so that he can get over to Winter him, Soldier yeah, and so kill he, him. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to kill this guy. I need you to stay over there for a minute. Stand down. I have murder to do. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, gonna be my catchphrase from now on. <laughs> Stand down, I have murder to do. <laughs> so yeah, it was it was just Bucky defense more than anything. So that's what I would say to that. But uh, the sympathy was in the seats in the movie or in the theater rather. Yeah, and I think I I mean I think Cap had um sympathy for him for sure yeah and I, I, I even winter soldier but winter soldier like he doesn't know what to do he's like yeah i did it like i i, I get it you want to hurt me because i did it i did I'm, it i know i'm bad but i can't i can't fix it and like cab says that like none of this is going to fix what happened and just it's mother's day weekend so he says i don't care he killed my mom yeah i mean that's not the reason why he said that and it's a really compelling thing to say i just i found it Kind of ironic that that was on Mother's Day weekend that it released in yes. the U.S. <laughs> so, anyway. Uh, here's how a few tweaks to the story could have made how the movie dealt with that issue better. Now, uh, this is still from Nadir. Number one, the early scenes with Bucky should have shown a Bucky that was full of a lot of guilt and remorse for what he had done. Number two, in the final scene in Siberia, T'Challa should have found information regarding the brainwashing that was done to Bucky. Number three... After the video shows Bucky killing the Starks, Bucky should have shown some remorse and tried to apologize to Tony and basically offer his life to Tony due to his remorse and guilt. That, I think, actually probably would have helped a lot um, if he had said something like, Tony, I'm so sorry. I kind of feel that way about Bucky in general. He's real quiet. Yeah. I don't feel like we know Bucky very well. He He doesn't know how to deal with his emotions. We got more character development. The most character development we've had from him was in the... the, the, uh, after credit sequence or mid credit sequence when he's like uh he says Oh when he agrees to It's safer for me to go away and he's yeah. like trying to protect people because he, he doesn't know he doesn't have control of his own mind, that frustration. Um I don't know. That we haven't gotten much of that from Bucky, so it was good to see. Yeah. Anyway, uh what else does Nadir say would have fixed this problem? Uh number four, Cap tries to stop Tony from killing Bucky and eventually T'Challa finds or sorry uh, eventually, T'Challa joins after stopping Zemo from killing himself and explains to Tony how powerful the brainwashing was on Bucky. Tony eventually gets the chance to kill Bucky, but makes the choice to be a bigger man. Now, number five, the evidence that, or sorry, the evidence at the Hydra base is then used to exonerate Bucky of any crimes, but he goes voluntarily into cryo to prevent being used again. Uh, number six, Tony secretly helps Steve break out his team from the raft while he continues to maintain his allegiance to the Sokovia Accords. And then seven, mid-credit scene of Secret Avengers in Wakanda. Yeah, I, I none of that's bad. I, I like that could have been a good alternate story. The thing I like that they left the story unresolved. I like that we still don't know that there's still not a healing between Tony and Cap. Yeah, there's there's like. The start of some stitches. Yeah. With the, with the letter. With the letter and the phone. There's obviously a way he can reach out now. Yeah. But they ain't, like, hanging out again yet. <laughs> they ain't doing shawarma. 
Oh, it's true. Um, Nadir finishes up with saying, I think this puts relations between Steve, Tony, and Bucky in a better place. I came out of the theater feeling more sympathy for Tony because of the murder of his parents. I feel that whole issue was left without some closure. I only saw the movie once, and maybe a second viewing will make me feel differently, or maybe Marvel is planning to deal with this issue at the beginning of Black Panther or Infinity War. Anyways, keep up the great work. Nadir, San Jose, California. My name is pronounced like this. Nadir. <laughs> I think you didn't have to read that part because we've been pronouncing it correctly. Oh, right. <laughs> cool. Well, I'll take it back then. <laughs> anyway, thank you, Nadir. Uh, <clears throat> I agree. That definitely would have put them in a better place. Uh, those characters would have been in a better place. They would have been more together at the end. But I don't know that that's where, what I don't think that's Marvel what they were going wants. for. I don't know either. I think that they intentionally left them pulled apart. I, and I... I don't think we were, there wasn't a lot of sympathy for Tony. I think there's a lot of sympathy for Tony. I felt tons of sympathy for Tony. Um, but I also knew that Cap couldn't let his friend die. Yeah. Um, it's like, I really feel bad for you. I'm so sorry, but this is my friend from forever. He's the only one I have left. Yeah. In, in a way, Tony really was the villain of this story. Um, and I say that, like, in the final scene, he really became... A murderer. He's trying to murder Bucky. Yeah. And the final scene is a mad Tony Stark trying to murder Bucky, and Cap is fighting with everything he has to stop him from murdering his friend. Like, that's, yeah. in a way, that, at least in the final scene, he really was the villain, and I, I, I the most sympathetic villain we've ever had. You know? Like, yeah. I, lo- yeah. I love that. I love that. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, Brandon said to us on Twitter... Hashtag Team Cap, hashtag Team Iron Man, hashtag Civil War. Unbelievable. I don't even understand how they made a movie that good. <laughs> I think now we're going to go into the lightning round because we have a bunch of uh, people just praising the movie, I think. Okay. <laughs> cool. I got this. I can do this. <clears throat> Chris says, at MCU cast Civil War, so good. Hope you guys do a post-movie cast. We already did. Wish I was there to join in. Everything was so good, but Spidey, God Damn. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> like Levi it. said, at MCU cast, we need y'all to record tonight. Hashtag Captain America Civil War was awesome. <laughs> the Fej bought 80 hashtag Civil War tie-in comics today from Comicsology. You guys are killing me. <laughs> Nathan, at MCU cast, Captain America Civil War was so good. Three exclamation marks. Absolutely loved it. Hashtag Team Cap. Hashtag Team Spider-Man. Hashtag Team Man. Man. <laughs> I like the team Spider-Man and Team Ant-Man. <laughs> Those weren't teams, but I but I get it. I totally get it. I'm on board. Uh, Kenny said, at MCU cast, so much content that you didn't even touch on. The Blue Beetle scene, Peggy Carter died, crying emoji. I don't know what the Blue Beetle scene is about. The, the getaway car. Oh, the Blue Beetle. Sorry, Blue Beetle is a character in DC comic books, right? Yeah. That's why I was really confused. Yeah. I was saw this feedback earlier, and I was like, "Blue Beetle, what? <laughs> that's that's a different universe, man." <laughs> um, but no, you're right. Yeah, the Blue Beetle. <laughs> yeah, with them just smiling, like, "Yeah, get it, Cap." Oh, there's so many funny, uh, so many good humorous moments. We were talking about it on the Giant Size Team Up Network uh, Breaking the Panel cast, and uh, if you this week that should be dropping a Breaking the Panel that is a bunch of us talking about Civil War some more. You guys were killing me with that whole, like, let's analyze characters thing. I'm like, nah, man, let's just gush about lines in the movie <laughs> and recite them to each other. Please. Um, that is how I nerd out. But one of the things I was pointing out is that 
I love the way that humor is used in this movie. And even characters that aren't that humorous use the humor that they can. Like, yeah, it's correctly delivered. Like, Rhodey is not a humorful character at all in this movie. But the last line with the Tony Stank thing, <laughs> you see, like, a real that, that humorous connection that they have as friends. You I know? would say, I would say, uh, Rhodey's actually, he's not humorful. When the big fight is happening, oh yeah, yeah, he is after the fact. Like in uh, in Iron Man two, he wasn't really that funny up until the the very end of it, where he's like, "You guys look like two seals fighting over a grape." Well, he's he can be pretty funny. He's just always such a worrier. Yeah, he is. He's always such a worrier. He's so serious. <laughs> and he was oh his his dialogue or his monologue about how like the, all of the combat missions he's had, and he's like, "Yeah, this this is a bad beat." You know this. Did not go well, but it hasn't changed my mind. I don't think. Like that has so much weight to it. Just oh. yeah. Oh, that's another thing about my uh, my rampant speculation that I talked about earlier. Um, the Iron Patriot armor should still be around from Iron Man three, and Rhodey might not be able to take on the armor anymore because of his legs. So War Machine, Iron Patriot, whatever, could come back in Norman Osborn form. Mm. Yeah. 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 I like it. That deep continuity. Uh, Kenny followed up with saying, yeah, envision shortcut through the wall. That was a real funny part. Yeah. Viz, we talked about this. Uh, but the door was open. You, I'm sorry. <laughs> Captain Rogers wanted to know when Mr. Stark was returning. I'll uh, use the door. <laughs> he leaves so put out by using the door. <laughs> He's I'll like, use I can pass through the, the door. Wall. I guess. I can pass through the wall. Why do I have to do that? <laughs> Why do I have to use the door? You weird humans and your weirdness. <sighs> okay. Nerdy Tastic said on Twitter, at MCU cast, there were surveillance cameras in the woods for the Winter Soldier mission in 1991. Who put those there? At MCU cast, that's my only real question with the movie. How did that footage exist in the first place for Zemo to use against our heroes? I... This is this in my head or did they show did they show a little like shack that was sitting there or something? That might have been in your head. Might have been in my head. Here's what I imagine, and it could be headcanon. <laughs> I can't remember if you get a shot of it or not. Uh but after the wreck, I imagine that there was like a little like uh junction box or something, some sort of like power company junction box out in the like you know, they a little that's, that's really what I saw when he walks over and there's just a camera. Because it's, obviously it's not just in the woods. I just imagine that there's some sort of structure sitting there yeah. that is being guarded by a camera. But that, you're also close to Stark's house, right? It should be because that road has uh, has lights on – or uh, streetlights right. over it. And Tony said, they don't, I know that road, which – Yeah. Maybe just because his parents died there, but it could be that he grew up near that road or whatever. Yeah. In the in the middle of the woods, you don't generally have street lights, though. Like you're not in the middle of the woods here, and there's not street lights outside. Right, like not that close anyway. So like it it makes more sense that it's closer to somewhere that should likely have cameras. Yeah, or I just any sort of structure could be there that would have a camera on it guarding it. Uh, but yeah, could have been like the entrance to something that had a camera. Anyway, yeah, we, we'll have to watch it again. Oh no. <laughs> Cargo Man Shark said on on uh, Twitter at MCU Cast. Just listen to your review. I liked Civil War, but it's not near the top of the list for me. Winter Soldier was much more thematically interesting. 
Guardians of the Galaxy and Ant-Man much funnier. The first Avenger much more heart. This was some generally entertaining plot, much more integrated than Age of Ultron. I say B+. I liked Spidey. This was the first film version that got his fight banter right. The dude talks a lot. <laughs> it's true. I like that he talks in this movie a lot, but he's not necessarily making jokes. Like, he's not a comedian. He's just chatting. That's he's what he just does. Chatting. He just never shuts up because he's a teenager. Yeah, I like that a lot. Teenagers have a tendency to not shut up. And... I don't know. I don't know where this fits in my in the pantheon of Marvel movies for me because I really love it. Yeah. There are scenes in this that are amazing and it is the culmination of so much background. That is one of the reasons it's so pinnacle for me. Yeah. But, but without all of that background, it cannot stand alone. Maybe. Maybe. I'm cur- I'm very curious about that. I want to know like uh <laughs> remember I was telling you about cord killers earlier on the last cast. Yeah. Um this week on Cord Killers, they always start with some sort of internet video, and a guy had taken his dad to see one of the hosts of Cord Killers took his dad to see Civil War, having not seen any of the other movies. Oh man! And his dad just and he tries to interview his dad about what he thought of the movie and like what happened in the movie. It's real funny. <laughs> what? That was I'm, I need to find that uh video. All right, all right. That's um sounds interesting, entertaining to say the least. Uh, Brandon said to us on Twitter at MCUcast, going back to see it again tonight. ATAT reference in the airport scene is probably the best line Spider Man drops there, followed by, You have the right to remain silent. <laughs> that was hilarious. I cannot believe we didn't talk about that on the Breaking the Panel episode. Yeah, the You are the right to remain silent part. How he was, t- <laughs> he was in the middle of like flying with Falcon, like trying to work him into some sort of like. Trying to stop him in some way, and he was just, You have the right to remain silent, <laughs> and it was just so good. Oh, I can't, it was indeed. I can't stand it. Okay, oh god, this is our last one. Holy crap! Yep, all uh, right. Oh, no, well, we have some, uh, we have a lot of voicemails. Oh, yeah, that's right, from two people. We have one from one fella and eight from another. Oh, goodness, who did not include his name. So... I don't think. Maybe I missed it the first on the first one. It might be. It's probably. No, I'm just gonna go off on supposition here. It might be Mike at Grand Junction. I don't think it is. I is it not? Didn't recognize his he voice. He leaves voicemails a lot. Plus, when he he does, but when he leaves voicemails, it says his name in the from line. This oh, yeah, just true. has a phone number. Hmm. So we're gonna go for it in a few minutes. And we'll okay. See what you okay. think. Okay. 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 Toby James said to us. Saw a preview screening on Tuesday and the Captain America marathon on Thursday, so it was great to hear you guys talk about the film. Random thought? I feel like the Raft prison scenes were a major missed opportunity for some Easter eggs. You know what? It was. I totally agree. Absolutely. But there very well could have been very different multiple levels to it. All of those secret Avengers were were on one level. No reason for him to go to other levels. Anyway, um... I said, we'd love to have seen a few villains in the background as Stark moved through the complex. Blonsky slash Abomination, held by S.H.I.E.L.D. at one time at least, according to the consultant one-shot film, would have made sense for him to be in prison there due to Ross's presence. Uh, Stern slash The Leader, captured by Black Widow and S.H.I.E.L.D. in, uh, in the Fury's Big Week tie-in comics. 
I did not read that. Comic. Oh, that's neat. I didn't know that. Yeah. So the leader has been told the that's, story. Of that's where bit. he is. He got captured. Uh, Hammer moved to a higher security facility after the Ten Rings captured Trevor in the All Hail the King one shot. <laughs> and perhaps some glimpses of weapons or equipment like some Hammer Tech, remnants of the Whiplash armor or the Destroyer, Hydra gear, Chitauri, uh, Dark Elf weaponry, similar to the collector scene from the Guardians movie. Maybe that's too much to squeeze into such a relatively brief moment. But with a full-scale shield presence missing, the raft would make such an excellent replacement. My two cents. Keep up the great commentary. Thanks, guys. Toby James, Charlotte, North Carolina. <laughs> I like the idea of having some other prisoners there. I don't know about having all the weaponry there just because it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense from a... Uh... From an in-the-world perspective, like... Why would you keep their weapons right yeah. next to them? You, you definitely horrible. don't want the villains to have all their weapons in the prison with them. They generally do that, though, like in the comics. They're like, all right, you get in the cell. We're going to put this thing in the box. It's on the third level, <laughs> the second from the left. So when you go to break out, it's right there. What's your box number? Tell me your box number. <laughs> I want to make sure you remember it. <laughs> that's Yeah, that's about it. That's, that seems to be how it always happens. Yep. All right, we got a few uh, voicemails that we're going to run through here. Um, uh, this first one is also not named, but here we go. Hey, guys. Uh, love the podcast. Been listening for a while, first time calling. Just wanted to uh, ask a little speculation after seeing Civil War. Uh, do you guys think that it's possible that Doctor Strange plays as big of a role reuniting the heroes as he did in Infinity Gauntlet, the comic, uh, going forward. With seeing the trailer for Doctor Strange, I, I think there's so many possibilities, but he played a huge role in that comic event. So what do you think? Oh, man, that's a really good question. I didn't even think about that. I I have to say though, as far as uh, as far as like his role, it would severely remove, it would severely reduce rather the weight of his character as a standalone. If he were brought in, it would seem like he was just brought in to bring everybody back together. If that were the case, depends on what he does in his standalone versus what he does in Infinity War. He may just be a part of the whole thing. Maybe maybe uh, ooh. You know, we're, we know it deals with time travel, right? Yeah. Maybe he sees a glimpse of the future without the Avengers or without whoever they need to stop Thanos. Or, like, it has, he sees an alternate reality where he can't get them together or whatever, so he, like, has to work to to make yeah, it happen. Yeah, I mean, he, he very likely has the time gem in his in his Eye of Agamotto. And um, I, I wonder if there's, like, if there... Like, he sees the future or whatever, and he knows that Thanos is coming. So... Like at the end of the movie, he decides, "Oh God, this bad stuff is coming. I have to get everybody back together. Like I have to get the band back together." Right. What What if in in Infinity War, um, Thanos gets his time gem, which robs him of much of his power, and that's why he like seeks out other people. He's like, "Hey guys, I'm powerless right now, but oh, no, like, he's not powerless. Is is his powers not reliant on the Eye of Agamotto? No, it increases them a lot." But he is still a really powerful sorcerer without it. Cool. Yeah, I I, I know nothing about the comic version of Man. Infinity. I mean, I've, I've I've watched some videos on it and stuff, but I don't really haven't dug in deep. It's it's, it's a big thing. Like it went from a Infinity Gauntlet to Infinity Wars to like there was a recent Infinity story. 
just there's there's been a whole lot of Thanos happening. Yeah. Um, our next uh, voicemail here is from a from a fellow who also didn't leave his name, and he left eight voicemails. So <laughs> we're going to go through these voicemails, uh, probably commenting on each one. Uh, some of them are short, some of them are longer, but here we go. So one of the main reasons that Iron Man was big on the Sokovia Accords was because he met the woman whose son died in uh, Sokovia, but that doesn't make any sense because even if the Sokovia Accords would have been in effect at that time, that wouldn't have changed anything. That kid would have still died. I mean, it's not like the the countries would have got together and said, no, no, Avengers, don't do anything to save Sokovia and defeat Ultron, who's going to destroy the world. So I don't see, I mean, the same outcome would have happened. I would say that's not true because if the Sokovia Accords had been in place, uh, Tony would have never made Ultron. That's fair. Because the only reason Tony was able to make Ultron is because he did it in secret. Yeah, he was left unchecked. No one knows. Not even the Avenger, other Avengers knew he was doing it, except for Banner. Banner had some idea. And Banner helped. Banner helped. And so, uh, yeah, I, I think that um, it is very likely – it, it's likely that that wouldn't have happened – as long as he was actually bought in. Now, he could have made Ultron in secret anyway. Yeah. But without the Sokovia Accords or, like, the the council or the UN knowing about it. But this Tony Stark wouldn't do that. The new Tony Stark has learned his lesson. Yeah. <laughs> well, he also needed the push. Yeah. He needed the push of Ultron, <laughs> you mean? Yeah. Well, he needed the push of somebody dying and it being his fault and and that fall. He needed that fall. Also, that character... That that was Alfred Woodard. Yes. Who is going to be in the Luke Cage series. Yes. I, Black I, Mariah. I hope playing the same character. Mariah Dillard. She has to. Right. Okay. I highly doubt that Howard Stark in 1991 would have been driving a late model Cadillac. Driving a late model Cadillac. I don't know what, even know what he means by that. Sorry. It just it looked older than the time period. and I guess that's true. Yeah, it looks like an old car. Tony Stark was all about some, some newfangled technology and all the fast cars and new cars. and Maybe, but who cars. knows what was under that engine. That could have been another, uh, what's Coulson's car's name? Don't touch. Lola. Lola, gosh. That could have been a Lola. Maybe. Uh, I doubt it. I mean, he helped make flying cars at other points. In the it history. seemed at his age he was a lot more sensible in that in that time frame. Maybe, maybe he was still uh, out working with the Pentagon, doing craziness. Maybe but it was yeah. a rental. <laughs> I don't know. Rentals. I doubt he would rent that. I don't know. It depends. It's uh, it's it's also old cars are also. Maybe he was trying to be inconspicuous because he was transporting something special. Well, that's possible. Old cars generally are if they're kept that nice, are considered, like, a luxury. So, I, I don't know. I can buy it. But it is a little weird. It, it, Tony would never drive an No, old Tony car. would never Tony... be caught dead driving that kind of car. <laughs> I don't know about caught dead, but yeah. Dead. Yeah. Dead. All right, here's another. Never. So, what was the deal with Pepper Potts? They mentioned her, you know, in somewhere or another, like, three different times, and then she never came in. I didn't understand what was going on there. And also, at the huge airport uh, fighting scene, if you watch it again, if I remember correctly, about the first two-thirds of it, Vision is nowhere to be seen. Everybody's fighting each other. Vision's not there. 
until toward the end, which is kind of suspicious because, I mean, Vision was probably at that time the most powerful one out of all of them, so it was kind of uh, strange. Maybe they could have wrote something to kind of got him distracted somehow, and then he just came back toward the end. Yeah, that is true. The the vision thing is definitely true. He was he didn't show up until they had defeated everyone and started running for the plane. My take on that was two things. Either he just got out of the ground. Yeah, cuz he got pushed pretty far down. <laughs> maybe he just showed up or uh they had him running the perimeter to make sure no one escaped. Or he was part of the evacuation procedure. That's true. That's a possibility. I think that he he was holding off until such time as he knew that he was needed because he had the the possibility of using uh, too much force. Like he wanted to make sure that they could handle because, like, in, in the beginning when um, when everybody's fighting each other and you know Cap's sort of getting the upper hand, Iron Man says to to Nat, like, my plan was go easy on him. So obviously they they don't need the vision. Yeah. They're going to go easy on them. Well, that that was I think I think that's it's immediately after that the vision shows up. Yeah, yeah. And so I I do think that uh, that's you're you're exactly right. He says my plan was to go on easy on them. You want to you want to switch it up? Call in the vision. <laughs> yeah. It's like we we were handling our business, but let's call in the vision. And then you get like the craziest sunbeam into the ground. Yeah. Captain Rogers drawing lines. Yeah. In the concrete and then you get that awesome like lineup team like the team lineup shot where you get you know one side versus the other just yeah vision had to happen right and then. to answer his question about <laughs> pepper pots uh they were kind of on a break it's yeah nobody's they're, fault. They're, they're broken up but it's nobody's fault that was the they mentioned her uh the, the whole the whole point of pepper pots in this story is to show tony's she's a motivation for tony he's she's a big part of the reason he's signing the accords, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, he uh, he thought the accords would bring her back. He 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 had that whole dial or that monologue about trashing his suits. Yes, yeah. he finally explains it. We've been talking about it for years. How in Iron Man three he trashed all his suits, and then Avengers: Age of Ultron he's just in the suit again. Yeah, he said we had to mop up Hydra, and then Ultron happened. Or he's yeah, like, and Ultron happened. My fault. And then and then and then. I never stopped. I loved it. Because the truth is I didn't want to stop. You know this movie so well already. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, dude. And so, so they're, they're <laughs> broken up uh, at this point is, is, is the way I took it. And he says we're, we're separated. It's nobody's fault. Yeah. So. We're kind of pregnant? Oh, no. Absolutely no, not. No, no, no. Absolutely not. No babies. For, no babies. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's another one. That's uh, because baby. As someone who's closer to Tony Stark's age than Peter Parker's age, I mean, you have to admit, Empire Strikes Back is an old movie. It's 36 years old. I mean, that's not just what young people think is old. I mean, that is an old movie. I don't know how old the caller is, but uh, Tony Stark's in his 50s, right? Am I wrong? RDJ is like 51, I think. Yeah, so late 40s, early 50s. So, like, the whole point of that shot, I think, or that, that scene is that Rhodey and Tony, they're the ones who have the conversation afterwards because they're the oldest of the group. Yeah. Well, except for Cap. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and Cap probably still hasn't seen it. Yeah, Cap still hasn't seen it. Um, but uh, the. The uh, they're older. They're in their late forties, early fifties, and 
so they probably saw that in theaters as teenagers, and they're like, "Fuck this kid!" <laughs> like, what an Jesus, asshole! Jesus, Tony, how young is this guy? I don't know. I didn't carbon date him. He's on the young side. So yes, Empire Strikes Back is an older movie, but to them, it's a movie that is current to their generation. They're like, "Yeah, because we saw it in theaters. <laughs> it's their thing." Yeah. Or at least, you know, I don't think of either of them as like a big Star Wars fan or nerd. Well, I don't know. Tony probably is. Tony probably was. As sci-fi-y as all his stuff is. Yeah. He probably was a sci-fi fan. Yeah. Okay, last one. Excuse me. I didn't understand the part about the orange slices when Ant-Man asked (laughs) for orange slices. Is that like an inside joke? I, I totally did not get that. I don't think it was necessarily an inside joke. I didn't. Really it was get a it weird joke. Yeah, like it's a weird joke, and I don't even fully. There's a few ways I've taken. I have taken it, and I'm still not totally sure. But it's just the joke is. I think he's just knocked so silly. He had to get his electrolytes back. <laughs> my my take on it was he's just knocked so silly about what just happened that he doesn't really know where he is and he's just asking for orange slices and it's just a little silly. Um a few a few ways I took it was like maybe like like uh at a spa they might give you like orange slices or something like you know like like a it's a, a fresh afternoon snack. It's a weird thing to ask for after you've been beaten up by superheroes. <laughs> I think it was mostly just that he had just come down from being big so like his his uh his vitamins and minerals and whatnot were all out of kilter so he desperately needed vitamin C. <laughs> maybe Maybe I just I, it was maybe, maybe it'll be explained in Ant Man and the Wasp. God, it was a weird so. joke. It was a weird joke for sure. It was a little. It was very Paul Rudd though. Like, it was. It was just like, like, like you said. It's like he was in his own other movie. Yeah, it really, it really was a little like he was in his own other movie. And that was one of the moments where I was like, "That's a joke you would make in I don't know, I love you, man, or whatever." That he like. <laughs> that was one of those like that was a lot scarier a second ago kind of lines. Yeah. So, like, very much Paul Rudd, very much Ant-Man. It was a little... Like, my theater got kind of, like, hesitant, awkward laughter out of it. Like, Yeah. Like, everyone's like, do I get that joke? Uh, I'm not sure I get that joke. That seems like a joke. It also reminded me of, like, orange slices for some reason reminded me of, like, being a kid. Maybe, like, getting orange slices in your lunchbox or something. Like, it's to me, it sounded like he wanted a comforting food. Like, that's what it sounded like to me. Yeah. But I don't know. Anyway, he said that was the last one, but it wasn't. Uh, so we've got three, three more. Uh, here we go. I don't understand how Civil War opening weekend made $182 million, but Batman v Superman opening weekend made $166 million. So that's 91% of what Civil War made. When Batman v Superman had horrible reviews, Civil War had great reviews. Batman v Superman had a bad track record. People didn't like the last Superman movie. The Marvel movies have an amazing track record. I, I don't know how they were able to get so close to Civil War. It's confusing. I understand uh, internationally how maybe they could do better because, you know, it's Captain America. Uh, maybe people internationally don't like that so much, but uh, I'm very confused domestically how that happened. I would say give it a week. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's all about the opening numbers. and. Yeah. Batman versus Superman had exactly that. Batman and Superman. Those are two of yeah. the oldest superheroes in existence. The, and the fact that this movie 
came anywhere close to Batman v Superman numbers because of eight years ago, none of these characters would have brought in an audience. Oh yeah, at all. If they had started with this movie, none of these none of these characters would have made it, brought in an audience. But they have built a great brand, and. Batman v Superman would have brought in a huge audience no matter when you put it out. Yeah. <laughs> two of the biggest superheroes of all time. The two biggest superheroes. Yeah, the two oldest superheroes in existence. Yeah, they are the two big ones, big guys. Yeah. Um, you put them in that movie, it should have done, it should have been a billion dollar movie, but it wasn't because it was bad. So <laughs> yeah. regardless, it's going to have a great opening weekend. It's going to. Like, you're just not going to get around it. The, the next one, pro- the Justice League will probably have a great opening weekend too. And if it's good, it'll make good money. If it's bad, it'll do what this one did, which is just taper off real fast. Yeah. So it's not – reviews aren't going to affect the opening nearly as much it on all, a movie like that. It all comes down to the filthy casuals, mm. the people who don't pay attention to reviews or how bad the last one was. They're just like, I want to see a Batman movie. I want to see Batman and Superman punch each other. Like yeah. that's, that's something I've always talked about seeing my entire life and, and finally get to see it or whatever, you know? Yeah, and then when Justice League comes out, it's going to be like, oh, you mean Super Friends? <laughs> uh, okay, we got one more here. Oh, two more. I think Civil War kind of put to rest this notion that Marvel really needs to get back the rights to Fantastic Four. They've got... Too many characters that they know what to do with now. And, uh, Civil War, you know, the Civil War part was six on six. There's 12 characters, plus Thunderbolt Ross and Baron Zemo. That was plenty, and they didn't even use, you know, Doctor Strange, Maria Hill, Nick Fury, Pepper Potts, Wasp or Hank Pym, Thor, Hulk, any of the Thor characters, Loki, Odin, Heimdall, or any of the Thor backup dancers, uh, any of the <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy, any of their TV or Netflix characters. They've got... Plenty that they, I mean, just bringing in the Fantastic Four would just be too much. They, they don't, they didn't even, they didn't even use all they had for Civil War. So they just, they don't need Fantastic Four. But they're going to for Infinity War. They're going to use everybody in Infinity War. And getting back the Fantastic Four is not so much about getting them back right now. It's about setting it up for the future because you, if you're stepping it up, every villain, if every villain, every big villain rather, is getting, you know, more and more imposing. You know, at first we had Loki and an attack on the city, and then we had uh, Ultron doing an attack on a country, and then when Thanos comes, he's going to be, you know, attacking the world. Um, he's going to attack Earth. So you need, what, Galactus, because he's going to be eating multiple planets, right? Maybe. Or you need... Um, you do need more villains. The That's Annihilation Wave. That is one thing that uh, they don't have... T- I mean, they do have villains. They've got plenty of villains. But yeah. one thing that Fantastic Four has a lot of is good villains. Recognizable so Spider-Man. Villains. Uh, that's true. So does Spider-Man. I feel like, yeah, no, nothing Marvel has has been recognizable up till now. Spider-Man is their first property that's like... It's got I that mean, instant brand recognition. Obviously, Captain America and Iron Man aren't like... Weren't no ones, nobodies, but they were like third string characters in, in the uh, in, in the pantheon of the public. Like, yeah. nerds, we, we, we know who Captain America is, we know who Iron Man is, but like... You know, they're not... Regular people were just like, the Avengers? Who's uh, that? What? <laughs> that Is British that... show? <laughs> and then when you're like, oh, it's it's a team of superheroes, they're like, oh, like the Justice League. Or, yeah. oh, like Super Friends. Exactly, yeah, that's... that's that's. Um, so, it, 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 it's, But to, to answer your point, they don't need them to make a great movie. They definitely didn't need them to make Civil War. 
but and they don't need them, period. But if they got them back, they would make great use of them. Oh yeah, uh, much better use than Fox has done. And I would love to see a good uh, Fantastic Four movie. I would love to see a good Fantastic Four yeah. movie. So they don't need them to make a good Civil War movie. They don't need them to make this movie. Uh, they just do a better job with them. Much better job than Fox has done. Uh, what I think they will need them for, possibly. Uh, and not necessarily Fantastic Four even, but someone. They're going to need new characters for Phase 4 and 5. We're not going to be able to hold on to Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, and Hulk as our core team forever. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing about this movie is taking Thor and Hulk out, you really get a sense of this world is big enough to have a movie without those two characters, which is really cool. Yeah. And uh, so, so say 10 years from now, they want this universe to keep moving forward, and they are not going to be able to use Iron Man, Captain America. They could kill them off. They could just lose the actors, whatever. They could reboot them. They, they could. I don't want them to, though. I want them to go as long as they can without a reboot here. Yeah. Um, well, Feige is saying that you know there's going to come a point where you're going to lose the actors, you're going to have to reboot, whatever, but that doesn't look like it's going to be a problem for quite some time. Yeah. They, they had talked about having like up to like tw- 2025 or something like that. They had movies planned or whatever. Oh, he said uh, that was, God, that was a couple, That was a long time ago. That was ago. a while ago, but he said it was through 2028 yeah. is how he had everything planned. That's awesome. And, and, and the thing is, if they get, if they get uh, Fantastic Four back, that, that just provides them stories to tell for Phase 4, 5, 6, 7. Um, they don't need it right now. But they're they're gonna need to infuse new life. It doesn't have to be Fantastic Four. It could be another character. But uh, yeah, I think I mean, getting Fantastic Four back would be cool. If you think about if you think about how Phase One and Two went, you had uh, really three major properties that were doing their own solo, like recurring solo films. You had Iron Man, you had Thor, you had Captain America. That were making multiple films. Like we had the Incredible Hulk in his own, but he's not doing solo films anymore because of that distribution right, right, or whatever. Right. But like in phase one and two, the the recurring stuff that you got was Iron Man, Cap, Thor. That's it. That's I mean, those were the ones that had two films and yeah. three for Iron Man. But now we've got the introduction of Guardians of the Galaxy. They're getting a sequel. We've got uh, new solo films for Ant-Man, uh, Black Panther, um, the uh, Captain Marvel character. Like... Ant-Man's getting another one. Guardians of the Galaxy is getting a second one. Spider-Man's getting his own solo. So we're, we're introducing all of these extra characters so that they can build this world some more and not focus on just these three guys so much. So they can spread out the love. And if we get the Fantastic Four, that's even more that they can spread it out and yeah. just kind of build a, a broader foundation for the universe. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, we got one last piece of feedback here. It's the same fella. Uh, sorry, I do not know your name, uh, and he is leaving a uh, leaving a voicemail. Uh, one last voicemail here, and it'll be our last Civil War voicemail. You, uh, I mean, I'm sure we'll get some more in the future, but for tonight, it's our last one. Here we go. So Captain America was ready to sign the Accords, and the reason he didn't is because Iron Man let it slip that Wanda, you know, Scarlet Witch was at the compound and wasn't able to leave. And that's the reason he didn't sign. That doesn't make any sense. Scarlet Witch signed up for the Avengers, basically a military organization. When you sign up for the military, you don't get to just come and go as you choose. They tell you where to go. They tell you when you can leave and when you can't leave. I mean, as far as that kind of stuff goes, I mean, having to stay at the Avengers mansion 
is uh, really not that bad at all. I agree that it's not that bad to have to stay there for a little bit, but the thing is, it is not a military organization. Yeah, it's the a whole, friendly team. The whole point of this movie is that it, it is not a military organization. It's not a government-run military organization. Exactly. The government doesn't currently have control over it, and the government is trying to take control over it. Yeah. Um, it's a friendly team-up kind of thing, and... When you put people into the into the like, you can put people. Some people can show up where they want to be, but when you tell them they can't leave, then it becomes a problem. That yeah. becomes internment. That's illegal. Yeah, absolutely. So it's not that it's so bad that they're keeping her at the mansion. It's just that, um, it's the, the principle of the the thing. principle of the thing. It's like it's a it's a, it's a vision of what it's going to look like to have the government in control of the Avengers. Yeah. And he doesn't like it. Um, that is also to say, I disagree with your point, that he was ready to sign. He does pick up the pin. He discusses signing. But I would say he's still very much on the fence in that scene. And the only, I think the only reason he really looks at signing is because he thinks he can save Bucky. He yeah. says, they say, we can put Bucky in... An American psych facility. Psych facility. Extradited to Wakanda. Yeah, a Wakandan prison. Yeah, a Wakandan prison. Um, so that, 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 that is, I think, the moment where he's like, okay, maybe it's time to sign. But then he realizes he's kind of betraying Wanda by signing because yeah. um, that's just... And not just Wanda, but all of them because this is what the government is going to have control over them. And it's not... The whole point is Captain America doesn't believe the government should have control over them. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I really like this movie, Jeff. Me too, man. And it seems like the rest of the world does too. Yeah. Some people have some problems. Uh, that caller had, had, some, had a number of them. I feel like we ended on a sour note because uh, not not that I I, I appreciate, really appreciate all the calls. It's fun. Um, I, I guess it cuts to some. Maybe it cuts them off after a certain number of minutes. I don't know how the I don't know how our Google Voice thing works. <laughs> but I don't know why he left eight instead of one long one. Uh, but maybe he just had some random thoughts as he was yeah. driving to work. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I like it though. Thanks. Um, let us know your name. Give me some, give <laughs> next, me some more streaming. Next time, say your name Come so on. we can say it back. Uh, I would like to address you individually. Please let me know how. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man. Great movie. Really, really great. Great feedback. Thank you, everybody, for, for writing in, for calling, for tweeting, for all of it, letting us know. Hashtag Team Cap. Hashtag Team Iron Man. Uh, hashtag, hashtag Team, team Spider-Man. Spider-Man. <laughs> hashtag Team Ant-Man. Hashtag like, Team Wanda. Yeah. <laughs> We could do all of them, but still. Hashtag Team Avengers. Yeah, pretty great. Yeah. All right, guys. We are the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast in partnership with 45 Magazine and a proud member of the Giant Size Team Up Network. Uh, if you'd like to reach out to us, hit us up at mcucast.com, at mcucast on Twitter, facebook.com slash mcucast, or mcucast at gmail.com. Or if you'd like to call and leave a voicemail, or eight, uh, <laughs> call us at 573-CAST-MCU. Uh, we would love to hear your feedback uh, about all of the things MCU or whatnot. Um, we'll be back with you next week. You can call and tell us how your day went. You know, yeah, just, I'm interested in that, too. Just, just tell us. Tell us. <laughs> just talk to me. Just talk, just talk to us. We're lonely. <laughs> um, What's it going there? <laughs> I just want everybody to know how much I love them. Oh, and listening. Listening is love. Yeah. Um, that's what it do. So if you're looking for, 
If you're looking for a similar podcast in this vein, but for the DC Universe properties, check out DC on screen. Um, all right, guys, we'll be back next week with the finale episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Talk to you next week. Until next time, true believers. Thank you.